Earlier in the morning, we look, started looking at devotion. Simple things. Devotion. Matthew's Gospel 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. The word there is to make disciples. And earlier in the morning, we said, It's not an instantaneous work. Uh, different from just no, different from salvation as a fact where you believe the gospel and you are saved. Mark sixteen fifteen, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. John three sixteen, he that believes shall not perish, has everlasting life. John one twelve, as many as believed, received him to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Romans ten eight was said that the word is nigh thee. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If you will confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession he's made unto salvation. You're a new creature in Christ, Second Corinthians five seventeen. All things are passed away, all things are become new, all things of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the uh, uh, ministry of reconciliation to with God to with what God was in Christ. Uh, reconciling the world to himself, verse 19, and not imputing their trespasses unto them, but has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So that's salvation. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made them free from the law of sin, and therefore what the law couldn't do, and that was made in flesh, God sent his own son, and like a sinful flesh, and was sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, walking after the flesh, but after the spirit. It says, for those that are in the flesh do mind the things of the spirit, those who are in the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnal mind is not subject to love, God's enemies towards God, not subject to love, neither can it be. So, he says, those that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, verse 9, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. If any has to the spirit of Christ, is none of you. Verse 9, uh, 10, Christ being you, the body is dead, sin, the spirit, life, because righteousness. Verse 11, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken your mother body. By a spirit that walks or dwells in you. But still, 12, 13, 12, sorry. We are not bread and therefore we are not dead to the flesh, not to the flesh. But if you live by the flesh, you die. But if you through the spirit, verse 13, do uh, mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Verse 14, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Say, so we have received not the spirit of adoption again, to, 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 to the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the adoption by the of our Father. The 16, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So, that's a fact. You are in Christ. You are a child of God. You are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. You have the spirit of adoption. You modify the deeds of the body. You leave. Fact. But discipleship is a process. It's not boom. It's a process. That's why it says making disciples. And we saw that in the morning. Matthew thirteen fifty two. Matthew twenty seven fifty seven. We said there was a man who was a scribe. A scribe is already a scholar of scripture. So to be made disciple means he is reschooled. He has to change his way of looking at the scriptures. He's instructed into the kingdom. Matthew's Gospel 27:57. We also found out a man, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a rich man. Again, he is not going to learn his trade by the scriptures. He already is a rich man. He's going to learn Christ from the scriptures. And so we said, discipleship therefore is a process. We saw the word mantano. Mantano simply means, we saw Matthew 9.13, Matthew 11.29. It means John uh, 6.45, John 7.15. It means to, 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 to observe and be tutored and mentored. To learn of. 
We saw that in Romans 16 again 17. The things you have learned. Uh, and then we saw it again in Philippians 4, 11. I have learned to, in whatever circumstances to be content. Uh, we saw Colossians 1, 7. I have learned of Epaphras. Ephesians 4, 20. You have not so learned Christ. And so it's a process. Something that happens to you. Gradually. For example, I mentioned coming to service at the right time is learning. Is learning. Some will find it very odd. Why, why, would, why wouldn't I be allowed to enter a service when it has started? It's to teach you how to honor the assembly of saints. I'm aware that there are certain assemblies that you honor that way. That you ensure you are there on time. So that you don't cause a distraction. And so, so show respect for that gathering. How much more the assembly of saints? If everybody were to arrive at the service, at the time you arrive, maybe it's 10.30 service, you go in at 10.30 on the dot. If, you got in at, if everybody got in at 10.30 on the dot, how do you think the service will look like? If everybody entered at 10.25, how do you think the service will look like? So people come in early because they came to serve you as they serve God. They come in early because they also respect you. And they respect the assembly of saints. And you do that even for secular things. You do it in your office. You do it in your schools. You do it in gatherings where probably the president, the governor, or somebody that is very influential is present. How much more when it's a gathering of saints? God's most respected gathering in the world is his church. So you are learning that. To get up on time, to, to go to... I learned it as a younger Christian, never to get to service early. I can count on one finger when I go to service late. That means it's once. I don't get to service late. I get there on time. If, I, if I'm invited to preach, I always ask, when do you want me to come in? And I get there before. Those of us who walk with me when I travel, if I happen to get there late by the virtue of logistics, I apologize. I'm very sorry for coming late. Because that's disrespect for the people. And so that's just learning. I learned that. You know, something you learn. If I'm invited to preach, I mean, the, the, I went to the Ghana, and then there was a friend of mine who had been friends since childhood. And he had always complained, Check every time you're in Ghana, you've come to Ghana many times, you don't even come to my house. So he said, now, my wife just put to bed, I, I, I said, you, you, you are in a trap. You have to come. So he fixed the time and I called him. I said, it's a principle that when I go to preach until I'm done, I do nothing else. I won't even visit you. <laughs> because I didn't come there to visit you. Even coming on a business trip is different. Okay, so he said, okay, I understand. So you can come anyway. To where I am. Why? Because that's respect to those who invited me. And put me somewhere. They didn't invite me to go and shop. I would, you won't find me go out to shop. I have never done it before. I learned it, of course, from Jesus. Matthew 10. I learned it from the apostles. And I learned it from Brother Hagin. If Brother Hagin is invited to preach anywhere, he doesn't leave the parsonage. Throughout. Sometimes, if you've read Brother Hagin's book, sometimes he's there for one month. It's honor. It's not that time you, you go and see your friends. I remember I had a, 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 a lady who was like my disciple when she was growing up. She said, I just put to bed. I was in the kitty. I went to preach in the kitty. And she, I said, I won't go. 
I told everybody, I said, and I told them, I said, I won't go till we are on our way out. So on our way out, I checked. I was done preaching. I was done with what I was asked to do. So on our way out, I said, ah, hey, boy, you've been here for four days, you didn't come. I said, I came to preach. It's learning. Someone said, uh, uh, you are too conservative. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> You've forgotten that you always have a Lord to report back to. Men can clap for you, but be very careful. Men hardly know what is right. If there's anything people act like a mob to either appreciate or be against, I sit back. Oftentimes in scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, majority were always wrong. So I step back and I think, do you want the applaud of men or the prize of Jesus, the appreciation of Jesus? So learning is to observe. You can find me, introduce myself and say, I am pastor. By the way, August the 27th, 1994 was when I was ordained to pick up the title reverend. How many years ago? That's about 25. I have never used it before. Not wrong. You get it? Not wrong. But I'm not just a title person. You get it? I've never used it before. I see some boys who were born after them. <laughs> they put apostle. I'm like, wow, great. Great, that's, a, that's interesting. What, what, which of them are you? The lamb? <laughs> How about Jesus that didn't answer whether he was Christ? How about that? How about John? He said, I'm not the one. That's enough example. Do you see how Jesus introduced himself to Ananias? Or to Paul? He says, who, who are you Lord? He says, you got it. I am Yahweh Elohim, Eloah, Elohim The promise of the scriptures The one who was, who is and is to come He said, I am Jesus How about saying I am Lord Jesus Or I am Master Jesus <laughs> Some of us, if you say brother Some of you just Offense Brother how? I've left brother level how many years ago? <laughs> I'm not a man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know those days we used to call some guys Mogi. One day I'll tell you the epignosis of that. Mogi. <laughs> very, very, very rascally then. So we say you learn the faith. You learn those things. You learn to worship. You learn to pray. Don't say, I know how to pray. You were not born again. Have you gone for evangelism and you got people saved and they say, I have my church. I know you see that often. I have my church. Shut up. <laughs> you have your church. <laughs> what church is that? You say, I have a building. <laughs> what kind of church is that? <laughs> but I, 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 I had a preacher tell me years back. He said, in his church, the church he pastors, he pastors here in Lagos. He said, you can be a member for six, nine months and you're not born again. And I said, why? He said, you know, because we... He said, you know, you are... He said, 
We are evangelistic in orientation. You are a teacher. So teachers like to dot the I's and cross the T's. I say I'm not a teacher. You're a pastor, I'm a pastor. Don't hide under all that alas. He said you can be in our church for six, nine months. And we'll just... I know a church in England where as you join the church, they put you in a department, whether you're born again or not. So a Muslim was there for a year and he was their drummer. God is good. No, no, God is great. <laughs> and they're, 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 they're proud to say that. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> I, I think that's a bit abnormal. What could you hear for nine months and you didn't take a decision? Of course, they have all sorts of stuff. We should say back then, there are some, some, some places are barely nightclubs that have the Bible as one of their many manuals. That's very harsh, but it's true. If you teach the Bible all the time, the flock of Christ will be known. That's a very clear way of knowing the flock of Christ. The flock hears his voice. And they discern it. So you learn, you learn the faith. Mantano. And so let's zero in on something we saw in the first service. We said, in learning the faith, we saw an example in Luke 10 in devotion. Well, the first thing, let me uh, skip that. We said, a fabric of discipleship is consistency. They continue steadfastly. Steadfastly. Acts 2.42 So in Luke 10, let's get in on this quickly. Jesus goes into verse 38. He goes into the house of Martha. The first thing I, I liked in the morning, earlier in the morning, was that was good. I mean, it is a Martha who came to your house. Jesus is coming to my house. Or, Jesus, can you come to my house? I said, I'll be there. That's noble. And sometimes, some of us, we think that's all to it. And I said in the first service, you see, you need to get your priorities clear. There are some things that are good and even noble, but they must not be priority. And I use one example, I mentioned generosity. Some people are Die hard givers. They can give their lives. They can give money. They can give anything. But you know something? They are not born again. You can find a man so generous, yet does not accept God's generosity in Christ. He doesn't think he needs the blood of Jesus. He doesn't think he needs Christ's death. He even argues against it. I remember I was, doing, I was reaching out, um, I was preaching someday, uh, that was I think the late 93, and I met this man, thank God he's born again now, but I, I, I said to him, I came to preach Jesus, I said, what do I need Jesus for? He said, I don't sin, in his own opinion, he said, I don't commit fornication, I don't lie, I don't do, and he was quite right. I said, beautiful, I said, let me give you an advice, and I won't preach this way again, but this is 1993, I said, let me give you an advice, start doing them. He said, why? He said, because it makes no difference. You are going to hell. That was evangelism for me. He said, ah. I said, yes. You are going to hell. 
How can you say that? Do you know me? I said, you already told me, but, and I believe you. But you are going to hell. He's born again now. So he said, okay, let me hear you out. Uh-huh, that's the first thing. Not your CV. Praise God. So sometimes you can do the right things. No, 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 no. That was his name. That was somebody else. Another, another exploit. I remember his name now. So that, that he, no, give me your CV. I give. I do this. Doesn't make any difference. Some people go to church and they're particular about being good, being good, being good to everybody, being good, being good. And, they, and, and, and then you won't find them in Bible study. You won't even find them in prayer meetings. So why are they so generous? Why are they good? It's self-righteousness. And many times, wrong priority. And so we said, she welcomed Jesus into the house. She did. Now, which is a noble thing. And then in the next verse... The writer, this is Luke, he says, she, she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and, notice, heard the word. So they heard the word. Say, heard the word. Now, she goes to the kitchen. She goes to the car park. She heads for uh, the, 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 to, to wash the toilet. She goes to do to, to, uh, she She's doing all those things, but Mary... Seats at his feet. Now, sitting at his feet, I don't need to go over that over again. It means submit to learn. Doesn't mean she sat down. She could have even stood up. But her attitude is called sitting at his feet. That means there, there are people who come to here, but they are not sitting at the feet. There are people that come to here, they just want to criticize what you're saying. There are those who come to here because it's just Sunday. Let me just go and have a great time. Some say, okay, let me just go and see. Uh, let me just have the, you know, some. But there are those who sit at the feet. Those who sit at the feet take instructions. Oh, they learn like students. They ask questions, for example. When you ask them, you know, when you get home, study this text, they do it. That signal is it. It's not a one-time event. It's actually something you do consistently. Acts 22 verse 3, Paul said, I learned at the feet of one Gamaliel, the famed popular Gamaliel. So that's what it means at his feet. Which means that Mary submitted herself to training. Coming to church isn't the training, it's just part of it. What you do after, how you carry out the instruction, is just part of it. Don't forget I also mentioned, he said to make disciples, not to make believers. To make disciples. That is the doing of ministry gifts. They make you students. They make you learn. They give you instructions. You don't choose when you want to pray. You don't say, well, uh, you don't choose church services. Let's, uh, let's have when do we have... So-. No, no. They give you the instructions. You follow it. That means you are being disciples. And so she sits at his feet. And let's get to the very crucial issues. In verse 40, Martha, don't forget, owned the house. And there's something very unique there because uh, she must have been quite influential because it wasn't, uh, you know, a practice of the Jews for a woman to own a house. It wasn't a regular practice, but she owned the house. Now, verse 30, verse 40 says she was cumbered about much serving. 
Combat. The word combat, I told you this in the first service, is a Greek word that means to be distracted. There's the word perispau, to be distracted around. It means it's drawn to many things. Don't lose focus of the fact that it's most likely and almost sure that she's serving it for Jesus. She's trying to make food for pastor. She's trying to do that. And it, it, it looks good. Over time when I travel to preach and I have those who, uh, they, they're supposed to be protocol. They're not running protocol. Jesus had protocol. It's just to make things easy for the preacher. Just, there's nothing uh, to get weary about. People had Jesus, they shop around him. They did ushering for him. They did security for him. They, they took the baskets, did it for him. No big deal. They took the boats, took him around. No, no big deal. But when they came to take him, they went away. That's just important. Because <laughs> he is the savior. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, and I tell them, I often ask questions. Were you at the service? I, I, I taught years ago. Uh, I think, Colin, going back to this again. I think I said it last week. Uh, pastor Lannery was the pastor. And you were the, what was your role there? Huh? Osha. Osha. No, you were next school. Come on. And he wasn't born again. Right? He was made an Esco without being born again. No, 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 he's born again now. I'm just saying he wasn't born again. So then they had this mama. I know her name. And I, I didn't see her in the service. But she showed up at the guest house with food. And I said, Madam? You're not going to say, say, yeah, it's because of you, sir. <laughs> Just bring food. I said, you thought I came all the way to eat? He said, no, sir. I said, no. I'm not happy with this food. What's most important, not even more, is for you to have been in the service. I'd rather go hungry with you being taught the word than be full and you didn't hear the word. There are people today who work for churches in the church offices. And you will know a difference between the church office and the secular office. They don't gossip. They are the gossip. In the church offices. I've done the survey. A good number, not many, a good number. They are never involved in spiritual activities. And they are members of the church. They are in the church office. Some they hold the camera throughout. That's all. And they never get back to listen or watch anything they recorded. She's distracted. Do you know what distracted her? Distracted her? Jesus. Because she wants to serve Jesus. But she's distracted or she's serving someone she's not listening to. You know, as a, a younger Christian, I'm a young Christian, I just got born again a few weeks ago. And then as a younger Christian, the first thing I was taught were very simple things. And, and I know many of us know what I'm about to say. It looks so simple that the first thing you were told was, every day, wake up in the morning, pray and read your Bible. 
You know, it looks so simple. But yet that's all you need to grow. It's, it's almost not, it's not deep. Go deeper, Papa. It's just a simple thing. I remember what the brother told me. He said, when you pray, you talk to God. And when you read his word after, he responds to you. You know, it's so simple that someone needs to help you misunderstand it. Very simple. But there are many people too quick. Some people are just active. If they join anywhere, even if it's, even if it's a guy's club, they'll be active. They'll just say, what's next? I mean, someone joined this church. The very first day, says, um, just want to ask, uh, we hadn't flood this place then. said, can I give a check to clear the whole thing? I said, no. We're outside there. I said, no. Two years ago. And our pastors know that we we didn't just need money, we needed the bank. (laughs) They knew we needed money. I said, no. This is your first time. You don't even know whether we are cultists. Go. Come back again. Hear the word. Come back again. Stay for a while. Then you will know why you ought to give. I once pastored. I'm still pastoring, okay? Earlier on as a pastor, I didn't receive offerings for nine months. You know why? About ten months. Because I had not gotten time yet to teach giving. <laughs> What's crazy, right? I wanted them to know why they will give before they gave. So we were doing, and we're teaching uh, flow of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, uh, now we the sons of God, all that, until I got to give. So I said, now you can give offering. Of course, I won't do that again. From the first day, you have to give. Now I'm kidding, but you get my point. My point is, you need to first know Him before you serve Him. Know Him. So you will not worship in vain. Many are singing songs to a savior they don't know. They don't even listen to. Because they, are, they just like singing generally. Human beings like singing. Look at yourself. Sometimes you don't even know what I do. You don't know the song. Of, you don't any song. People just like singing. They just like singing. They like singing. Just be singing. If you look at something. If you see a newborn baby or a, a, a very, I mean, infant, they respond to music. They just be laughing. So there's nothing spiritual about you liking to sing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That, a lot of energy goes into that. Let us study the world. You begin to see visions. Your young men shall see visions. But when they say, da, 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 Thanksgiving Sunday. The person that was dead now rises from the dead. <laughs> it's because it's music. <laughs> it's not that you are spiritual. It's just music. Plain music. She was distracted. I'm going to ask you, even if you're a pastor, 
Are you distracted? There are people who were made leaders and they were so busy coordinating people, bringing people to church, being busy, but they were not listening to the sermons. Sometimes you would not know. And you, people say, Ah! Brosegu is committed! You say, Yeah, bless the Lord. It's not me, it's not me. It's the Lord's doing. Ah, you are very com- I love your commitment to the gospel. Thank you. Uh, it's not me, it's not me. And he's not listening. Sometimes you get so tired doing other things. Now, when we start teaching, you just have seen them. Like Dramenda. <laughs> and it's, a, it's an acting movie. <laughs> committed, brother. Committed. Let's start to pray. After doing, if you brought people to hear the word and you're not hearing it, you have not tried, though. And such people. Are in leadership and they are distracted. I've said it many times. Where you should be most active as a child of God is in listening. Some of you, when I talk with you, I know you are bad listeners. I'll make two sentences, you make four. Wow. I should be your disciple. Four. No, it's not like that, sir. Actually, sir, sir, sir. Putting sir doesn't mean you are listening. See, you're a bad listener. Many of us listen to reply, not to understand. The Pharisees were like that. They were not listening. Are you there? So look at this sister. And the next thing she does, which happens when you are not feeding on the word of God and you are serving, she was offended. Look at how she talks to Jesus. Ah, Lord, don't you even care that I'm serving alone? Do you know that that's similar to the prodigal son's elder brother? Ah, don't you even care? She got offended. She now responds to Jesus. Said, command Martha, Mary, to come and join me, sir. Telling your pastor that. Pastor, I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I, with respect, I, I don't know whether I can say this, sir. Sorry, sir. I, 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 I know you understand me. You know, I'm just saying how I can say that I won't look rude. I, I'm saying how I can say it so that you won't think I'm being disrespectful, sir. But then, sir, please, I mean, I know I'm a young Christian, but I'm just thinking, sir. I mean, thank God for your ministry. I mean, blessed by your ministry. He's offended. He said, ah, why would you allow me? You know, she didn't talk to Martha, Mary. She spoke to Jesus. So why would you allow me to do it alone? And Luke got it right. 
she was distracted. Whenever you start feeling unpleasant in the service of God, Satan has something on you. I heard Brother Higgins say that years ago. I didn't understand it. Whenever suddenly you start feeling irritated, Satan has something on you. And so she took offense at Jesus. That's what she did. Cares not thou. She used the word mellow, which means you are not even concerned about me. I was going to talk about the pastors. They're not even concerned about me. You, 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 you're not concerned. But then Christians are calling for concern. I told somebody something one day. The fellow left church temporarily. I was talking to me. Sir, it's not that. I thank God for, your, for how you blessed us. But sir, when this happened, nobody called me. When that happened, nobody called me. I said, <laughs> come, let me show you something. Now, when I was younger, I would be bothered. No. No. It's Jesus that saved you. I said, did you see this? I said, read this. I said, Bible says, go into all the world. And what? Preach the gospel. To every... Okay. Are you every creature? She said, no. So there are other people. I said, Matthew 28. She read it. She said, yes. To all the nations. How many have you been to? None, sir. So you are not every nation. Very good. If we spend time on you, and we are bothered, 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 you've been here for years, and you still think we should be bothered about you, what about others? Who have not even been here at all? What about those who have no church? What about those who are not saved? Why do you think things should revolve around you? Praise the Lord. I said that because she wasn't a new person. You've been here. You have heard the word of God. You've been in retreats. You've been in services. You've heard the word. You've heard the truth. It's either you have not been listening well. Nobody called me. Nobody spoke to me. Nobody disowned Nobody. Is, is Jesus not alive? I said, look at your Bible, First Peter 5 7. Casting all your. Upon who? Is that my middle name? Do you understand? And when Christians start complaining, they are distracted from being fed the word of God. E.W. Kenyon says it like this. He said, we have so many overgrown babies in the churches. He said, and they will not leave the feeding bottles for the new converts. They will hook on to the feeding bottle. No, no, no. And there are people like that. You want us to be checking you. We have been checking you for five years. Ah. We're just checking you. Checking up on you. Checking up with you. Checking up around you. 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 No, grow up. When you grow, you start to be responsible for others. Not because you don't have your own concerns. But now you are matured. 
or mature. So she got irritated. Every time you are irritated, just know that Satan is working on you. Just irritated. Just angry. Now let's observe the response of Jesus to her, which is the kernel of our discussion today. Jesus said, Matter, matter, if he calls your name twice, drop what you are doing. As one of is not matter, matter, oh. matter, matter. Forget that Jesus people, that Jesus that talks like uh, he's whispering. Matter, matter. The tone in the Greek is high. Matter! You know, she came to Jesus, and, and when you get to that point, you would cast off restraint. She, everybody was there. Jesus, Lord Jesus. She knew now. Lord Jesus, sir. Ah, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. But, sir. Ah, ah. Ah, ah. I know you, but, uh, sir, don't you care? I mean, there's this now. I mean, look, I've, see, see my body. I'm, I've been sweating. I've been sweating. I'm even using my gas finished. I'm even using uh, coal. And look at all your disciples. You know how you go? You don't go alone all over the place. You are brought to my house. She invited him up. Said, ah. And then there's matter there. See, see what she's doing. What's spirit, spirit called rubbish? Can you see it? <laughs> Some people say, so some when you talk like that, you say, yes. Ah, I like those Christians. Ah, they said their mind. Ah, this is Christianity, oh. Ah, 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 nobody, ah, nobody, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible never says you should speak your mind. It says renew your mind. And be slow to speak. Don't be given to wrath. Don't justify your canal. And you see, we are in a very terrible era of the social media. Where people talk anyhow. They talk anyhow. They just talk anyhow. I know you don't do that. And there are people check our church members. Those who are members. You can't find them. Even if they give you spiked cocaine. There's cocaine on his own, then it's spiked one. I know you behave yourself. You have not so length. I told you. When Jesus spoke, his disciples were quiet. They were listening. When the apostles spoke, the disciples were listening. They were Pentecost. There were 120 people. And people came around. Ah, what's going on here? Joshua will just come up. Hold on, Pastor. Ah, <laughs> his tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy Ghost is moving, sir. Then Allah said, Yes, Holy Ghost. And one people are talking. Peter stood up with 11. There were other 11 apostles who could have spoken, but he was the only one. That is discipleship. You know when not to talk, you know how to talk. You know. If your pastor is seated and someone, you keep quiet. They say, ah, Why are you not talking? Why do you want to hear voices? A voice is enough. Just like if your husband is speaking. You say, ah, um, so how, how is your family like? The husband is there. The wife is there. Say, ah, we are good. We are, they ask the other question, like my husband wanted to see. 
No, it's not like that. You have to understand the way the Bible is written. You give honor to whom it is due. Hallelujah. So, Jesus responded to her and said, Martha, Martha, you are careful about many things and troubled. The word careful there is the Greek word merry mau. It can be negative and positive. It's positive when you care for others. In 1 Corinthians 12, 25, Paul talks about the care for one another. And Philippians 2.20, Timothy who has a care for you. But in the same Philippians 2.20, when he spoke about Timothy who has care, he now says in Philippians 4.6, be careful for nothing. So you should be asking, why am I, this concern, is it negative or positive? In Matthew 6.25, 27, 28, 31, and 34, he uses the word merimau in a negative way. Cares of this world. In 1 Corinthians 7, 33-34, Paul talks about the cares of this world and he was talking about marriage. In other words, marriage can become a care such that it's now a distracting concern. That's not our subject for today. He says, you are troubled. The word thorobio in the Greek, it means, I saw the enforced service, it means there's a lot of noise going on in your mind. You are distracted. It's a word used for uproar, noise. Uproar, noise. You see in Acts 17, 5 and Acts 20, verse 10. Noise. Noise. He said, You are troubled. You are distracted. Things are drawing your attention. Then look at what he says after. He said about many things. Pay attention to something. Many things. I thought she was only cooking. No. He said many things. And the word he uses, the word poloi in the Greek, is for a huge number of things. I'm really wondering, why does he use many things? Pay attention here. In verse 42, he now says, One thing is needful. Years ago, I used to think that when he said one thing, until, can't remember when I checked the original word, and I found I've been wrong. I thought it meant one single thing. So I always say, one thing, one thing. But notice the word here was very different. It's the word Holy Ghost. I think it's the Holy Ghost too. O L I G O S. It means little. Few, small. That is, what is needful is actually very little. Little things matter the most. Little things. So, what is needful is actually little. Very little. Something that looks insignificant. Just one thing or this little thing is needful. Little or almost insignificant and few. In other words, what you need in your devotion to the Lord is very few. 
very little that is required of you. It says one thing is needful. And he says, Mary has chosen it. Eklego. She made a choice among other things. And, and that gets my attention. He says, And it shall not be taken away from her. This little details of devotion. How often and how do you listen to the word? Do you know, Martha could, if that was a convention, Martha could say she was there. She was at the convention. But she wasn't. I know some people who attend the camp meetings. They'll be there in every session, but they'll come late. For every session. Sometimes they will leave before the session ends. One thing I'll never forget. I went to preach somewhere in Adoikiti. 2001, I suppose, yeah. And we had this conference. Hosted by a friend. And I, the Lord showed me something. I've always said that before. And I saw a brother that would come to the service. He said, I have a word for him. From you. And you ought to share it at the end of the service. But he will not wait. And I'm really bothered. You know, God shows you things. Things you cannot handle. You can change it. If you pray, you waste your time. And, so, and I kind of felt, Lord, is this to pray about it? He said, no. It's just for you to observe. I saw the brother, what he wore. Remember the conference? What he wore. And I got to the service. And I saw him enter. You know, at that point, you want to go and tell him, don't go. <laughs> well, I've learned to not do things like that. So I watched and I taught. We had a Holy Ghost meeting after I taught. And as soon as I finished teaching, he just got up to leave. And I looked at him and he left. And in the meeting, he was saying, Praise God, he's getting blessed. But what was needful was very little. Just stay. It wasn't a six hour prayer or six day fast. Just listen. Some simple things about devotion. Some of us miss the timing. Why did you come in late? Jesus taught about the importance of keeping to time. He gave a parable to that effect. Why did you come in late? I've seen instances, and this is interesting, where I will give a word of knowledge. And I give the word of knowledge, and the person, in fact, recently that happened, and the person, and, and I'll call, and the person will not be in the auditorium. And I'll say, Lord, why did you give me a name? That was earlier on, and the person is not there. And then the person will come afterwards. And, well, I wanted to come, but this and that. In fact, one recently, there were twins. And I gave a word of knowledge for one of them. And the twin didn't know that that was the condition with the other twin. Well, after the service, I was told. So he said, okay, let me, let's go and bring her. And then they, they said, can you pray? I said, interestingly, and this happens almost all the time. I'm not led to pray for them. 
Now I could go ahead and just say in Jesus' name you are blessed. But I know that I wasn't led to pray for them. Those little things happen. Little things. Very little things matter. How often do you wake up in the morning and you do not pray? I'm not saying that you don't pray later in prayer group. No, no, no. Don't mix up praying in the evening in prayer group with praying alone. Never substitute one for the other. Don't mix up coming to church and hearing the word on a Sunday morning in the city meetings with on your own. You shall go, you now sit down and you are listening to God's word and reading scriptures. Little things. And I'm not just led. And I wonder, Lord, why, why is it like that? I'm not just led to pray for those people. And I just watch. There's nothing I can do. Little things. And he says, it's needful. And she has chosen it. And it won't be taken away from her. Do not underestimate the importance of hearing the word of God. Don't underestimate it. Those of you who walk with me know that when I'm listening to a Bible teaching, oftentimes I don't want anybody around. Sometimes you, you get to my room, you see my bed, you have papers scattered. I, I want to listen well. I'm, I'm praying. Because those are the little things that matter. See, I've been teaching for a while. If I don't open scriptures aggressively for the next ten years, I'll have a sermon each day. I'm not making a boast. Yet, I dare not do it. Every service I have to preach, I read it all over again. Little things. Not taking advantage of the congregation. Not taking the word of God for granted. Little things matter. Wake up. That attitude you had. When you were young. As a younger Christian in the university or secondary school. Is not a youthful attitude. Where you will wake up to pray. Where you will wake up to study the scriptures before you set out. Some of us, we used to use devotionals. And that kept us disciplined. Now you're in Saints Community Church, we don't use devotionals. Okay? But we have enough devotionals for you. And yet, you abandon that godly practice of ensuring that before you set out in the day, you talk to God and He talks back to you. Simple things matter. It's more important than now praying in tongues as you are driving. It's important to pray in tongues as you are driving. But you know, you never created time to listen. You just dashed out. You are very busy. You are the managing director of Nigeria. You are fooling yourself. You have neglected what is needful. And so, Jesus brings that to us. He said, what is needful is very little. It's not a big deal. It's not a big thing to say, I will spend one hour 
every day to pray. I will spend one hour to listen to God's word and study scriptures every day. Thank God for evangelism. Oh, beautiful. Thank God for checking up on your disciples. Thank God for study group assignments. Hear me. (laughs) What is needful is that you listen to God's word and don't forget to also pray. So we said, that consistency is equally vital. Make those things consistent. Gloria Copeland used to say this, that inconsistency lies the power. Inconsistency lies the power. I made a culture, remember where I made the culture, that every day of my life, I will spend between six and eight hours studying and praying. This was about 24 years ago. Have I had days where I didn't keep it up? Yep. But I ensure I keep record of when I didn't keep it up so that I pay it back. So I oftentimes will now say, All right, this week I did three hours rather than eight, rather than six. All right, I will do a video to make it up. Because you have to be consistent. It looks little, insignificant. And it's more dangerous if you're a pastor because you'll keep preaching. People will keep hailing you. But you're actually not growing. One thing, the insignificant things, not how you dress, not how you even preach, but how you learn. That attitude that when the crowd is not there, you're a student of the Word of God. You're a disciple of Jesus, even though you're being discipled by men on his behalf. Are you learning something? So, let's examine some fundamentals about not getting distracted. I have a story, we don't have all the time to read through it, but we can just examine it. In 1 Samuel, there's a story there that easily you can lose, you can miss some lessons. Now, you know the the background of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, please, quickly. Samuel belonged to I mean, was born out of the supplication of the mom, Anna. And, of course, the background was she was praying. Eli thought that she was drunk. And she maintained sanity. She, 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 she didn't respond badly. She, Eli said, I know you're drunk. Some girl said, ah, man of God, you don't even know the Holy Ghost. Ah, drunk how? She said, my Lord, I wasn't drunk. I'm praying. There's nothing wrong in talking properly. She talked well. And then that's how, it's interesting how it worked. She's praying, she's been there, the, the prophet got her wrong, the prophet thought she was drunk, the prophet misunderstood what she was doing. But you know what? It was still the prophet who prayed for her and she got a child. Why sometimes, why don't you see some people trying to get you angry as a test of your Christian character? She, she just said, my Lord, she used the right words. I know some, not you here, who will have gone on Twitter immediately. False accusation by a man of God. And they say they are men of God. Anything you write on social media, 
you are going to be judged. Anything you click and comment upon is not a place outside the view of God. No, 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 no. The world may call it unregulated, but God is in control of the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, some of us will have written the wrong things. She just maintained her calmness. And that's how she got the child. That's a bit interesting. It should have been somebody else. But that was the same person. And then she made a commitment. And dedicated the child to the Lord. Now, the greater lessons are that Samuel... In chapter 2 verse 11 Was now taken to the house of Eli And then he began To minister To the Lord before Eli Which means he was servant He was there Always at the back and call of Eli Now chapter 2 Now has a very funny story Eli now has children That were horrible in conduct His kids in verse 12 knew not the Lord. They were all in the same house and they knew not the Lord. They go out after girls. They would go for parties. They would go go to the the club. They, They were everywhere. In fact, they dishonored the temple and so on and so forth. But you observe something in verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child guarded with a linen ephod. He is not distracted. He has every reason to be. These were the children of the pastor. He will have had every reason to behave badly because the pastor's kids were. But watch again so that you don't lose it. In verse 26. And the child Samuel agreed on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Nothing changed his focus. He was just like that. Chapter 3 verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. You have no reason to be distracted. It was a choice. Even Eli wasn't seeing visions. Eli's kids were terrible. They were sleeping with women in the altar. They did all sorts of things. Immorality. He will check his Facebook. They will have all sorts of pictures, all sorts of videos. They were watching porn around him. They were having multiple girls. And he kept ministering to the Lord. Simple. Which means he was just there to hear instructions. He was just there to pray. Did you see that? That statement ministered to the Lord is so little, it looks insignificant. He ensured that his devotion didn't change. He ensured that his prayer life wasn't altered. He ensured that, oh, you know, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't allow his Twitter friends to distract him. He didn't allow what his Facebook friends were posting to distract him. He didn't allow what they were showing on television to distract him. He didn't allow his own, his own housemates. Some of us get easily influenced in our office. And you now find your colleague doesn't pray. Your, your brother, blood brother, doesn't pray. Some of them, sad enough, your husband or wife don't pray. Then gradually you are influenced. Now I'm not saying um, then you should have made a choice to have a good friend. But there are some things you cannot, 
You can't change. He couldn't have changed where he was going to stay. They are Eli's children. He couldn't have said, ah, I can't live with your children. No, no, no. He stayed there, but maintained his focus. Very insignificant thing. He just sat there. Nobody knew him. He's praying every day. He's listening to the word every day. He's ministering to the Lord every day. He's doing the insignificant yet significant things. He has a choice to be influenced. The whole world has, has spoken down on the local church, but he just maintains his sanity. Folks have derided pastors and ministers. He just keeps his focus. Folks, you know, speak against being taught the word. Everyone speak against being taught the word for long. He just maintains his focus. He says Christians around him who speak in tongues and live immorally. He, he doesn't get yielded. He's just there. He remembers his dedication. Simple, insignificant, but yet vital. You must learn to be consistent in the insignificant things. Men may not clap for you. They may not applaud you. You wake up to pray. I, I tell you, there's, a, there's someone that... I, I love this example. Brother Talks. I've known Brother Talks for uh, about 25 years. 26. And we've been friends for about 24. Well over 23 years. I remember... That when I was going to see him... To speak with him for the first time. I'd seen him preach. Then my friend said to me... You want to see him? I said, yes. He said, at 12 midnight. He said, stay in front of Tether Hall. He will pass. Ah. He said, if you see somebody doing like this, praying in tongues, that's the man. I said, I know him. 12 midnight. It wasn't 12.01. I saw him. I mean, now, sometimes, we're traveling together. We're on the airplane and then he wants to do his devotion. You can't stop him. You can't. You can't. Three times a day. And I have not seen him break it before. Three times a day. There's just some things you shouldn't break. Your job shouldn't break it. Your, you travel to another city or nation shouldn't stop it. You have kids or you are a kid. You are married or you were married. Shouldn't change it. Samuel learned that. He just maintained that simplicity. Don't forget, one thing is needful, little things. It's difficult. I know you were tired last night. But wake up. Wake up. Have you done an exam before? That you did for several hours and you were really tired. But you woke up. Those are the exams that you tried to sleep a bit. You dreamt the exam has finished. <laughs> that means it's really a burden. And you got up. And you read. The same thing. He maintained that. He had enough reasons to stop that simple devotion. Don't tell me you are now in your 50s. Don't tell me you are now in your 60s. Don't tell me you are now in your 70s. 
That's a lame excuse. You are now backsliding. First of all, tell yourself the truth. And don't go for any grace that say, We don't backslide. You only not backslide, it's backflip. You have even jumped the fence. We don't backslide. Oh, we are, we are consistent. And you know you are not. You are not consistent. And you are backsliding. Tell yourself the truth. If you are immoral, say I'm immoral. Praise God. And this guy maintained that simplicity. There was no open vision in verse 1. And in verse 4, the Lord called. Now observe something. Samuel, here I am. And he goes straight to Eli. Because he is used to that simple thing. When you hear Samuel, you go to your discipler. He knows how to respond. Here I am. He goes, and the interesting thing, I learned this from, I forgot the woman, I think it was Rick Godwin. He said, it's very likely, and I think so, that the tone of the voice was that of Eli. Because if Eli was Samuel, and he heard, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. He would have thought it was Eli. In other words, God uses the voice of your training to talk to you. He heard it. Some people tell me oftentimes, Pastor, it's like, I hear your voice. No, it's not actually mine. It's God speaking to you. He's only using the voice you're used to. And so he, he goes, here I am. He goes the first, he goes the second. Now, he doesn't say, you know, some of us who don't know how to respond, oh, Samuel, oh, have you been like that as a kid? Your mom says, Shagu! You go, oh, 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 you will hear angels. <laughs> she doesn't call twice. Once my mom speaks, and twice you will hear it. The power belongs to her. <laughs> Some people see my mom today, they, don't, they can't correlate it. I say, aha. <laughs> the way she ministers to you, she doesn't use my fold. No, 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 no. Our Lord and our staff will comfort you. And our Lord can be a diuresis. She gets it anywhere to minister to your life and ministry. Some of us are like that. We don't like, we don't respond well. We're used to seeing the call of somebody who's teaching you the word of God. Mm, it might be God talking to you. That conversation may help you. Simple things. And this guy went twice. And Eli said, the next time you hear, he says, it's God. He says, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. Interestingly, the judgment was for Eli. <laughs> I've told you many times, you can never determine how God will minister to you. You can't do it. You can't determine who he will use. You cannot you can't choose. You can only choose to be obedient. 
And so Eli, uh, Samuel, is an example of someone who avoids distractions. Distractions of things happening in your home. In your office, on your street, sometimes in the church you attend. There are people, for example, who easily get distracted. A brother and a sister having a quarrel. And then they, they, they spread it like glory. And then you get yourself involved. I always ask you, what's your own? It's not my own, but we're one body. What's your own? If we learn that, quarrels will be easily settled. What's your own? And we get distracted. The time you ought to spend praying, you are settling, you are talking to somebody, okay, let me call her, let me call her. Uh-huh. Uh, Sister Florence, I heard this and this. And this. Uh-huh. Okay, call her for me. You are, ought to be studying, no? You ought to be praying. Uh, brother, uh, okay, uh, okay, let's meet up, let's meet up and resolve this matter. Um, um, then you say, ah, you say, ah, okay, he didn't come. Okay, we're going to tell this, this person. Two days have gone. Three days. Four days. You slept on it. You woke up with it. You are driving with it. I am texting somebody. Hmm, yesterday was serious. So I'll give you the gift when I get to church. You are getting distracted. You didn't pray. You didn't study. Because if you had prayed and heard the word, it's very likely you won't get involved again. We get distracted very easily by what is happening around us. Believers are not moved by what is invoked. We are, we are led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And we do the Word of God. If you are in your office, they should not know you for spreading gist. There's something they'll tell you, ah, Kule, come and read. You say, what is it about? Oh, no. Let me just read God's Word. Oh, did you hear what that manager in the... Is it a professional thing? No. Is it about our marketing? No. <laughs> Thank you. You won't sing. Will you sing if you don't hear? No. You won't sing. You're getting distracted. Because the more things get to your mind, the more you think about them. The more. Get a hold of the word of God. Simple things. Where is that culture of workman? Where is that culture of tapes? Tapes. In Acts 2.42, it says they continued steadfastly. Steadfastly. Proskaterio in the Greek. A word you will find again in Acts 2.46. Acts 8.13. To be steadfast. In prayer, Romans 12, 12 says, you have to be steadfast in prayer. And Colossians 4, 2. Be steadfast in prayer. Acts 1, 14. They were steadfast about prayer. Which means, it was something they did daily. Peter writes in 1 Peter 1, so 1 Peter 2, 23. He says, Jesus left us a pattern that we should follow. You know, Jesus was not a frivolous talker. Jesus 
had a custom of prayer and study. He's God. How come he prayed that way? Every day. How come he, they knew as his custom was he goes to the temple as his custom is? To see, to hear. To see, to read. What is your daily custom? Very simple. Little. Let me show you another distraction. Act 6. It's ministry. There was a complaint about the women. From the women, the widows. That they were not being treated well by the apostles' service. And then the apostles responded. Acts 6 and verse 2. They said, it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Serving tables is good. But they remembered Martha. It's not reason. That we should, that means you must prioritize what you are doing. Thank God you are an usher. Thank God you are the and we are grateful for your life. Thank God you are a zonal pastor. Thank God you are a fellowship pastor. We are grateful for your life. We are grateful, grateful that you are in the music team that you play the keyboard for us. Thank God you are in the security. Thank God you are your pa- your pastor's protocol. Thank God for you, but brother and sister, hey, priority. Your devotion to the word and prayer. Priority. It should be above. Whatever makes you. Come to service. And you are sleeping. When the word is taught. Not paying attention. And you are a pastor. And you are eager to preach. It's dangerous. You are going to become. One day. A, a What you call. A swamp. They are going to become uh, water that is not flowing. Because now you are actually not fresh. Watch it. Don't sing more than you learn the word. Don't preach more than you are learning Christ. No, don't. I told someone who was always on the road, a younger friend. I said, look at me, brother. You are all over the place. Do you even have time to study and pray? I said, I listened to you once, months before. And I can tell you, you have not been studying. And he admitted it. But people were cheering him. I said, I listened to you. I have not been studying. And obviously, people will not know because you are a good orator. What is taking preeminence over that ministering to the Lord where you are listening to the word? You are not listening to answer study group questions. You are actually listening for Shegun. You are listening for yourself. You are listening. You are, you, are, you, are, you are not tasting food. You are eating it. You are digesting it. You are listening well. You get a hold of it. You are thinking about it. And not once. He says it's not reason we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 4. Who give ourselves proscaterial continually to prayer. And to the ministry of the word. Let's get into the details of this. As we close. Do a personal review. Of your daily 
devotion. You have 24 hours a day. Can you take out two hours? Gloria Copeland will say, take a tenth of your day. Two and a half hours. And say, in two and a half hours every day, I will ensure I study and pray. To keep my spiritual life going. So that I don't get irritated. I don't get into strife. I don't lose my focus. So that I can minister fresh, even if I'm a pastor. Ask yourself those fundamental questions. Paul says he warned them daily, Acts 20, 31. Even those at Beria, Acts 17, 11 and 12. They search the scriptures daily. Every day, ensure you pray. Very simple things. You listen to the word. Every day. Fellowship the saints. Not necessarily seeing them physically. Sometimes it could be you read from them. Sometimes it could be you, you share with Christians. You're around believers. I love to be around believers. I love to speak with believers. I do. Every day. One thing is needful. Little but very significant. So I wrote out four things that you must plan with. You must have a definite time. A definite time. I know you're busy. I know you have things to do. You have kids to take take care of. A husband, a wife to take care of. I know you have businesses to take care of. You have to attend to work. But create time. There's no work that takes 24 hours of your day, 7 days a week. There's nothing like that. Except you are dead. So, where is the time? And where is the place? Is it in your room? Is it at your corridor? Is it in the sitting room, living room? If you're a student, is it at the chapel side? You should choose the place. Or anytime you get anywhere, where would you love to do this? Don't get used to praying as you are. That's, that's good. You pray as you go. But also have that devotional culture. Or being in one place. And you are praying. The third is how do you have a listening device? Do you have a Bible you can take anywhere? How? I have this. I see. I watch people. I, I have. I have Muslims who do this. I see them. They travel anywhere in the world. Some of them are wealthy, and they go with their mats and their praying beads. Of course, we're not saying that's not Christ. Okay. But there's something about that. No matter how wealthy they are, they go with those things. Because in their religion, that's the way they worship. We pray for them to know Jesus, amen, and be born again. But then, just something about having that in your mind, no matter who you are. How do you want to do this? The time a place, the how and finally what would you be doing praying, studying and taking calls is irresponsible that time should be holy we are in a very serious world 
And I, and I, I, I remember the song I taught you, we're going to sing it again. It was a song I used to sing in the early 90s. And I remember when I used to play it. I had this um, red uh, tape player. His own personal land that knows this tape. That tape stayed with me between 1991, December, and 1999. A red tape player like that. That tape player was Bonnicky. It had, I'm sure, I remember I used that tape player to play a particular teaching series that was 105. I, I repaired it till it was irreparable eternally. And now at 4 o'clock, it's about 4.30, I'll play that song. It's a song of the afternoon, late afternoon. Those were the days there were no phones. There were phones in our house then, but it was landline. And this kind of phones that if you make calls, my dad will have put padlock. But we found a way around just pressing pa, 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 very fast. If it's 01, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 8, 9, 10, 1, 1, 3, 4, I don't know that phone. <laughs> then you think, hello? Then when he gets the bill, who called this number from Nightel? Everybody come out confessing their sins one by one. But there were no call, no devices, no iPads. Less distraction. Boom! Your WhatsApp has bust you. You have to have a time where you put that beside you. I want to pray. I want to hear. No matter how intelligent you are, if God is speaking to you, you have to listen to Him alone. Have that time. Hit. It makes your service for God fresh. Your ministry is fresh. Those little things, they matter more than 20 days of fasting. I said the first thing is the time. Is it early in the morning, which is very preferable? Is it late at night? Is it during the day? Look at your shadow. Where? Is it in your bedroom? I'm grateful for those who do, they call it prayer altar. Husband and wife. They, they hold their hands every morning. It's good. I'm not going to discourage you. I don't do it. Okay? I don't. But it's not, it's good. It's because the Bible says you pray together. So there's nothing wrong in praying together. But you see, <laughs> that's not yet your personal devotion. Your personal devotion because your salvation is personal. Eternal life in your spirit is not a wedding band. So, that time where you are spending time with the word and prayer. Now, as a couple, you tell yourself, Ah, should I haven't seen you pray. I haven't seen you study. If you have a husband that can't tell you, a wife that can't tell you that, you are in a wrong marriage. I haven't seen you pray in a while. When we're in church, you are always sleeping. Do you understand? The job of your wife is not to become a baby-making factory and a mother of your children. She has more than that. She's your sister in Christ. A fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. I haven't seen you pray. Same as your children. I've told parents, see your children, those who are born again, as brothers in Christ. So also look after their spiritual life. It's not by forcing them. Ah, you have to pray, oh. I sit my children down and we talk and we discuss. 
God, I know there's a tendency because you're a pastor to force them. You must be a man of God. If I be a man of God, that's rubbish. Sit down, we talk. We get to talk. I hear their views. We talk about prayer. Studying the word. I don't say you must pray two hours every day. We're a Christian. Sometimes when Pastor Allah tells me, Oh, someone, one of my kids has done something, I said, No. See him or her as a disciple. Let that change your perspective. Pray. Don't react in anger. Don't even get angry. Pray. Pray. Pray the Pauline prayer. Do you believe they are born again? Yes. Then pray the Pauline prayer. As you do your role as a parent, you are also a spiritual parent. So you have a duty, even to your children, to ensure that they are devoted to the Lord. Of course, they may not be able to attend prayer group meetings like you do, do three hours or four hours, but just ensure that you are also doing follow-up in your home. Praise the Lord. Are you there? <laughs> Where? When? How? And what are you going to be doing? Because if what you are going to be doing is cooking, as you are doing that, doing Facebook posts, as you are doing that, if what you are going to be doing is mixing with other things, you have gotten it wrong. You are just like matter. You are distracted. You must ensure that you create the time, the place, and ensure you do the how. Romans 12 and 2 says, Don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold. No, don't do it. Don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One thing I'll say as we close this um, service is this. Imagine the people Paul is writing to. Much of the churches, they were under severe persecution. Yet they were instructed to pray always. They were instructed to learn always. You and I are hardly under persecution. We can walk in out of here. So we even do devotion in your, in your offices. Yet. Yet. How devoted are you to these simple things? Wake up and pray. Or find time to pray. Find time to read the word. Find time to listen to the word. And find time to think about the word. God deserves your attention. And you ought to give it to him. You blessed this morning. But it's absolutely stand to our feet and just bless him.